You're listening to The Wonder Podcast, brought to you by Be The Change Youth Initiative, where we believe everyone should be seen, heard, and loved. We're committed to educating, equipping, and empowering youth to use their lives in advocacy for others. The Wonder Podcast was created to be a space where we truly see and hear one another. Because when we listen to people's stories, empathy is cultivated. So we'd like to invite you along with us as we listen and learn from others. This is The Wonder Podcast. Today's guest on the Wonder Podcast represents a first for us. Rebecca Bird and her husband Dan are producers of Speak Life and Bullying the Musical. They are also the directors of Speak Life Performing Arts Company. And in 2000, deeply impacted by a story of bullying, they began writing a script that would eventually lead to the creation of a nationwide stage show and now a film. Rebecca is also one of the authors contributing to the musical imprint book projects. So there's so much for us to talk about. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining me today. Oh, I am so thrilled to be here with you. It's such a pleasure and an honor to take this time and to talk about some really important things. I'm so excited. Yay. Well, before we jump in, I always ask my guests three fun get to know you questions. So the first one that I have for you is, and this seems like an obvious question, but what's your favorite musical? Oh my goodness. It's actually like a very, very good question. Um, I think I have to go to like, what do I, when you go into like Pandora or Spotify and you pick, you know, which ones are you skipping through and which ones do you have to hear? And I'm always, I'm always drawn back to Wicked. I love the Wicked story. I love the Wicked soundtrack. I think there's elements in there of kind of a little bit of what's in our musical as you just talk about friendship and how our differences don't need to divide us, but how they actually bring us together. And the music, of course, is spectacular. So I I love it. I just love Wicked. But there's so many. Yes, there's so many. My siblings, when Hamilton first came out, just listening to that over and over and over again. I yes. was like, how many times can you listen to something and then not get annoyed? But Hamilton's just one of those I things know. that I'm just like, you never, you never do. Oh. It's always just there. <laughs> yep. My husband and my kids do Hamilton on repeat. They just love it. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> the second question that I have is actually kind of leading to Spotify. So if I opened your on repeat playlist on Spotify, what song would I probably find at the top? Oh my goodness. These are such good questions. Um, I, my husband still gets mad at me because I still pop into Pandora sometimes more than I do Spotify because I love when they just pick a radio station and yeah. I can just like listen to a genre but this is going to be maybe unusual but lately i of course love bridgerton like who doesn't like bridgerton on netflix like so calming great storylines incredible characters so i found that there's a radio station on there and it takes all of our favorite music and it does it all in strings so there's no there's no words it's just like all our favorite music from all different genres but all done in string instruments and of course, Bridgerton soundtrack is like mixed in there. And mm -hmm. I find that when I stick that on, I'm, I like can work for hours and don't even realize it. So it's like my secret weapon. So maybe that's like a little thing, even though it currently is on Pandora, but you can find a really similar station on Spotify because I just was looking the other day and there's some really good ones that are very similar, but I don't know what it is. Something about the strings and music that we're really familiar with that we love. I just am loving that combination right now. 
Ooh, I have to let my sister know because we're both people that like to have music on when we listen and she's like a classical fanatic yeah. like she loves that type of genre but she also loved Bridgerton so being yeah. able to find those playlists that's yes 100 percent yes and then the last question that I had was if you could work with any musical theater talent who would it be and why Oh my goodness. Wow. Any musical theater talent. We're getting ambitious. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, I've always, obviously, if I love Wicked so much, I've always been a huge fan of Kristen Chenoweth, like who cannot Mm. just love her, but there's so many new, you know, that have come to the scene and I love some of the actors that are sort of doing both genres, like who are in film and that are coming to stage. Um, I feel like I'm not, I've been so engrossed, I think, in making this film that I haven't watched as much as I would love to be watching. Um, I We have a friend who came alongside us on marketing when we first started, you know, working on this project. And he's out of Atlanta, but he goes into the city and he sends us lists and he sees like 17 shows every single time he goes. Like, it's crazy the amount of shows he sees. And he just comes back and tells us all the things. So it makes me feel incredibly behind because I'm like, anybody I'm going to say is going to be from like back in the day. Oh my God. Because Broadway has sort of reemerged, you know, post COVID. Mm -hmm. So there's so many new artists that are out there. Um, Wow. I really, you know what? This is a good question. This is going to make me think because you got to think big. So we're thinking like if, if Speak Like the Musical can come to schools and it can come to film, maybe it can come to Broadway. So who's on my wish list? So now you've now you've like made me think and I have to go figure out who's okay. my wish list for these characters. Yes, yes. Okay, well, I'll have to hear it at some point. I would love to yeah, hear it. I will tell you. Yeah, I'll do my little list and I'll send it to you. It's like my homework. Yes, <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Um, like I said before, for joining me, it's an honor just to be able to talk with you and hear about your vision and passion. Um, I just want to jump in and right say like, I am a huge fan of yours on a personal level. I always love it when I meet people who have a passion project. I love it even more when their passion project or mission is connected to youth mental health in some way. And it's like finding a member of your extended family in a way. Um, So obviously I'm excited for you to share all about Speak Life and Bullying the Musical with those listening today. Where did the idea come from and how many youth have been impacted? And then also what's your Stranger Things connection? Because we're huge fans of Stranger Things in our house. So I really excited to learn more about that cool fun fact. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can't wait to tell you that it's such a fun little connection that we have Stranger Things. So we'll start from the beginning. Where did this all begin? Um, we, my husband and I, we both graduated high school and we just knew like, we were both artists. I was the dancer, director, choreographer. That was like what I loved. And he was an actor, singer, loved musical theater, was in like all the shows in high school. And that was just like his love and his passion. And so we had started working already with youth in all sorts of different genres um, around Long Island, which is where we're both from. And um, this particular day, we found ourselves in a meeting of like people who were working with youth all across Long Island in all different ways. And the gentleman directing the meeting said, I'm going to start the meeting today by playing an audio clip from a man named Frank Peretti. And Frank Peretti is an author and he um, had written several books of nonfiction, but this was the first book he had ever written that was a book of fiction. And it was actually the story of his life in elementary and middle school and how he had been horrifically bullied because of disfigurements that he was born with. 
and he had like a large tongue and almost like a hump on his back. And so the kids just used that as a target. And his stories were absolutely heartbreaking. I think we listened to maybe a 20 minute clip that day. Now this is all the way back in 2001 and we're about two years post Columbine, which most of our world knows as really the first televised um, talked about school shooting that ever really occurred um, as a result of two students that were bullied and, um, and then went down a mental path that led them to this horrific incident. And so, um, we were just sort of as a nation beginning this conversation on bullying but up until this point the conversation that was taking place especially for my generation growing up was that bullying was really a rite of passage it was just something that every kid had to go through you just they would really speak to the kids and say you just need to be stronger like you're going to get through it um, there's another side to it high school's not forever middle school's not forever it eventually it'll be over and that was the messaging that we had really all received up until that point. And so in this clip, Frank says something that nobody's saying. And what he says is that bullying is not a rite of passage. Bullying is abuse. And we need to call it what it is. And in doing so, we need to protect our students and protect our children vigilantly and not just allow them to be, you know, a part of this abuse for the formative years of their life and hope that it's all gonna turn out okay on the other end. And so in this room of young adults, you could see the impact. I mean, 30 adults around a table, tears, and just almost like we didn't know what to do. And so as my husband and I went to leave the meeting, we stopped and spoke to the man who was running it. And we said, we feel like we can't just walk out. And he said, well, you are the artist, go do something about it. And talk about how words can change everything. Those words literally changed our life. And we walked out of that room and we went back. We had a very small staff of other artists that we kind of worked with and did projects with. And we kind of got in a room and we said, we wanna write a musical on bullying. Let's throw some ideas on the table. And so we wrote the first rendition of it. Back in the day, it was called No More Victims. So very, totally different when we first started. And the thing that's remained the same is our five main characters within our show, who they are and their stories have remained intact. And we've allowed it to grow and to morph because over the next 15 years, we literally just started knocking on the doors of schools saying, hey, we're like this little performing arts company. Can we come in and perform this musical for your students? And you know, school after school, testimony after testimony, just the feedback from our students, from our administrators, from our principals was that there was nothing else like this available to students. And the main difference, the key, seemed to be the power that, the, that art and story have, the power to impact empathy in the hearts of students in a way in which uh, just a simple talk may not be able to, or maybe even a video or a film, but it was this combination of story and music and those two things coming together that allowed the students to see themselves up on that stage, to see their peers up on that stage. And as they heard the stories and as they saw the impact of what our words and our actions can do to another human being, it wasn't just head knowledge anymore. They felt what the impact of that was. And as we feel things, we turn it from fact and head knowledge into something that impacts the heart, which motivates us to action. And that's when we started to see culture shift in schools. And that's what our, our principals started saying back to us. And we're like, wow, this is amazing, but we're this one little performing arts company. How do we get to thousands of schools? And 
we were featured at national conferences and all these different places and it just started growing and growing and growing so big that we couldn't meet the demand and so within 15 years we toured about 13 different times with 13 different casts so over 250 artists performed the show these artists were from all over the world they came in to perform and they would tour with us and we saw 375,000 students over that time that were impacted through the live show and that brought us to 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. So a live show, live school assembly was not super viable at that point because we schools were closing and it seemed like, will assemblies ever come back? Will they ever let 600 students in a room again? Like it was a very precarious time, I think for all of us. And I think we all came to not like it, but we use that word pivot. Like what, what could this look like? And sometimes when that happens, I think it actually opens our minds to think bigger and in ways we weren't thinking before. And so Hamilton had just come out on Disney Plus and we were watching students' reactions to it. And we thought, man, maybe there's something to this. Maybe students would receive this live theater show in film format. And so we had an incredible partnership with the Justin Simmons Foundation. Justin Simmons, he's from our hometown here in Martin County. We're now located in Florida. And him and his wife saw the project and saw this concept of the film and how many thousands of kids could be impacted once it went to film. And they funded it for us so that we could bring the musical to film, which was unbelievable. So this is what we did in 2021, is we hired our actors and we hired a brand new music producer out of Nashville. She wrote the five new songs and that was Melissa Baleo Rowe, who is producing this book, the musical imprint that we get to be a part of. And our relationship with Melissa just changed the game because the music that she wrote was just, it was these characters, it was 20 years of character development wrapped up in five beautiful songs that she produced with several different music producers out of Nashville. Just beautiful, beautiful piece. And so the film was born in 2021 and alongside it, a brand new set of lesson plans that teachers and administrators can use alongside the film um, to help take what happens in that moment as kids are sitting and watching and give students an opportunity for talk back to tell their own stories so that we're identifying students that are at risk that we are um, able to talk to students who maybe because of their own pain have gotten caught up in bullying and want to make it want to make a change and want to see their life move in a new direction and most importantly we talk to the bystander the student that's sitting there saying well i'm not really getting bullied i'm not bullying anyone i'm just trying to stay out of it i'm just trying to survive and trying to give them their power back to say, listen, if you choose to speak life through your words and through your actions, you should get involved. And by getting involved, you have the opportunity to change the outcome of the life of a peer that you stand beside every day in your classroom or in your cafeteria or on your sports field um, and empower kids with that message. So that's how we went from a live show to, to being on film. And the Stranger Things connection is that as we were casting our film, um, we casted as our all-star a gentleman named Hunter Romanellos, and he had just wrapped as one of the um, featured extras in the brand new season of Stranger Things, season four. And interestingly enough, years ago, I can't say what year it was, but we had one celebrity follow us out of nowhere. And still to this day, we only have one other than obviously our NFL um, friends now, but one Hollywood celebrity that follows us and it just happens to be Millie Bobby Brown. So isn't that crazy? 
She what? just followed us one day. That's crazy. So, and now we have all these Stranger Things fans that follow us because Millie follows us. And then Hunter comes in as our all-star and, um, and Hunt and my, uh, one of our acting coaches is my nephew, um, Ben Winchell, who um, is an actor in film in Hollywood. And he, his roommate, and I don't know his name, so you're gonna have to tell me who it is, but he kind of plays the bully in the new season of the Stranger, Stranger Things season four. He's blonde. Oh yes, um, yes. Is it he? Uh, is the character's name Jason? Is that right? I think I think okay. so. And so okay. that's my nephew's roommate as well. So he. That's how we got to Hunter and got to meet all of these Stranger Things people. So it's just been such a, a crazy thing. Like one day we hope, Millie, if you're out there, we love you. Thank you for following us, and we hope that you will come one day. And right now, Justin Simmons gives the end challenge at the end of our film. But our large hope is that we'll have many celebrities who will come along and give that same end challenge so schools can choose who they feel their students will connect to or relate to most and use whichever challenge works best. And Millie, we'd love for you to be the one of the people that do our challenge. We'd love that. Oh <laughs> my goodness. That would be so amazing. That there's so many different things that I could touch on that you said. Oh. I mean, first of all, the impact that art has in people's lives, like absolutely I think that's why I'm so drawn to art in the first place like it just has the power to transcend barriers and just to connect with people that sometimes just regular conversations like can't do and that's what I love so much about whether it's in dancing or musical form or whether it's like a singer songwriter or whether you're a painter like so many different avenues and there's not just one box to put everything in and that's what I love so much about it but also the fact that you have lesson plans as well like it's not just like showing the musical and that within itself is like very impactful but I love the fact that there are resources less so that you know you kind of step out of the schools and you're like all right well here's some things that hopefully will be able to help the conversation move forward and give you all like something to do or some like action plan moving forward and just knowing that you're not alone in those struggles and I love that you speak to the bystanders as well like we all have a role to play. Sometimes we feel like we do not, but in every little moment, our words matter. In every little moment, our actions matter. And the more that we can give power to the youth and say like, you guys can make a difference in your communities, in your schools, like in your peer groups, like just even to that small scale, like there's so much power in that. And there's so much encouragement in that. So I love everything that you, you all do. That's so, it's so amazing. <laughs> Yes, and I love that you touched on that because it's actually a proven statistic that when a person steps in in a bullying situation, it will end within 10 seconds. But the better statistic is this, when that person is a peer, it will end permanently. So that's the difference. So an adult can step in, but more often than not, it'll end in the moment. But the statistic also tells us that it will usually reoccur. Because when that adult or that person of authority is no longer there, that person still feels empowered to be able to go after that person that they were maybe bullying in that situation. But when a peer steps in and it's peer to peer, there's something so powerful about that, that the person who maybe feels, and we talk quite a bit to the bully. In fact, we have two stories in the show of two students, um, one is a female, one is a male. And so we talk about like verbal bullying, physical bullying, um, and in that process, tell their stories because not too many students, I would venture to say little to none, wake up in the morning and say, today I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna harass or hurt someone. 
People don't typically wake up with those thoughts in mind. Where that lands, why people usually end up there is because of their own personal pain or what's being done to them, maybe in their home or in another area of their life where they lack control. And usually that is what leads to those incidents. And so one of the powerful things of this film is that we tell story in such a way that students, if nothing else, walk away with this thought that, you know what, maybe if somebody comes and approaches me with a bad action or a bad word, maybe it's not about me. Maybe I can become curious about what, what maybe are they going through? What might be happening in their life? And that can do two things. Number one, it can sometimes form a bridge because when we speak life and we come in an opposite spirit to somebody, when something terrible comes at us and we can come at them in the opposite way, it can change the conversations. Sometimes restoration is possible. All of those things are sort of on the table. It may not end up that way, but it brings it to the table. The other thing that it can do is it helps it not to land on us in a way that makes us feel like, oh my goodness, that's about me. That's that's me. Like I'm wrong, bad, or the things they're saying because we're not. And those things are not about us. When people come at us with those actions or those words, it's never about us. It's always about something else that's going on. And so as kids can become curious and have that sort of understanding, possibilities are out there for it to change and to shift. And also for students from a mental health perspective, not to be so heavily or deeply impacted by the thoughts and the words of others when ultimately what we have to do is learn about how do we put safe boundaries around ourselves, how do we have our own self-discovery how do we know ourselves and how do we put ourselves in good healthy and safe situations that allow us to build up who we are and not tear down and when we can change a culture in a school to speaking life that child has a much better opportunity of finding themselves in safe and healthy situations in that school. Um, and so that is really why we as a program kind of do that 30,000 foot view of the whole school. We, we want the whole school to watch the film. We want the whole school to be involved in the lesson plans because we want to change and raise the bar and raise the standard of what maybe was okay yesterday. That's not okay today. Remember the film, remember the show, remember that character, remember that story. That's what kids say back to us that they hear in the hallways after the film. Remember her, remember what Daniel said, remember what happened to Emma. Remember, they remind each other of what they saw because now they're all on the same page and it changes everything. I mean, it literally changes everything. And it also allows us to identify kids that are very much at risk and need a lot more care and a lot more intervention and allows the school potentially the parents, because here's the other cool thing is that we have something called a student portal. And after the film is shown in the school and the lesson plans begin, a link is sent home to the student and the parent, allowing them to rewatch the film on their phone for 30 days. So they get to keep the film with them because we know, right? Musical theater, we love it. We wanna hear the music again. We wanna watch it again. We wanna experience those characters again. And in that sort of student portal, behind the scenes interviews with the cast, uh, making of the film documentary, the Spotify links to the whole soundtrack. So students can relive and, and re-experience the music and the feelings and the characters, and um, it will become ingrained into them. And that is the power of art and music and what it can do that almost nothing else can. Mm. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you about that forever, just because it's so tied. Like it's 
a part of my story too. And I did want to talk about mental health a little bit. Um, So obviously the conversation around youth mental health is important to you. And as someone who's been on the receiving end of bullying, I know how detrimental that abuse can be on your mental health. Like I still carry conversations with me today that happened when I was in elementary school or in middle school. And these are things that I still look back on, but I would love to hear a parent's perspective, whether from your own experience, or if you can share from the experiences of other parents that you've met just about all of that. Yes. I mean, the day and age in which we live is so different than when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, back then the bullying was there. It existed. It happened every day. I remember watching it happen. I I went to a small school and I watched it happen every day. Um, But students today can't escape it because of the power of social media and our phones. It's coming home with them. It's literally chasing them. In fact, at the end of the film during our challenge, one of the things Justin Simmons says is that, students are hunted. They're literally hunted on their phones. And so a child that could go home and shut the door of their bedroom and at least be safe till morning no longer has that luxury. And so the level of which bullying can affect a child and how many students we're now losing to suicide because of the effects of bullying on mental health, we're losing them younger, where I can't tell you how many recently I've heard 12 years of age, 12 years of age, we're losing students because they have no understanding, no concept yet of the fact that it can get better or it will get better or that there's more coming. And so this pain feels like everything for them in that moment. And so it is so important that there's intervention now. And I have three sons. I have a 15 year old, I have an 18 year old and a 22 year old. So I have seen them walk through this journey themselves. And it's been different for each one of them. But as a parent, there were moments where I was in a constant state of worry and a constant state of concern um, because I knew I didn't know everything because as parents, we don't know everything going on, but we know enough about our child to know something is off, something is wrong, something's not okay. Um, And we really made it a priority in our home to make sure A, that they knew any conversation at any time time was welcome, that this was a safe place for them, that there was, it was a no judgment zone, that we were here to hear, listen, and help um, in situations. And when I did get calls from school saying, hey, your, your son, you know, was involved in a bullying incident today, and this is what happened to him. But when I sat down with him, the first thing out of his mouth was, I know it's not about me. That was the first thing my son said. And I said, there's power in that because it didn't land on him the same because that was one truth from probably from being around the show for so many years that he knew was he knew that the other child and he said to the guidance counselor, I just want to know that that other child is getting the help that he needs. That's what's important to me. And so because he was able to channel that in the right direction, it changed it for him. It changed what happened for him, but He's not exempt where none of us are exempt. We're human, right? These things hurt. It's going to hurt. And so as parents, I think the number one thing I would say is that we need to be incredibly vigilant and we must get involved. And so I I've heard too many times and it's the one thing I'll speak out and say, moms, dads, you are never a victim in the sense that you, your hands are tied. Your hands are never tied. There's always something that we can do. Sometimes it has to go as far as removing our child from that situation. Sometimes we have to move them out of that school. We have to move them because maybe the school isn't doing 
what they need to be doing to help, or maybe they are trying, but it's not working and the child's not getting the relief that they need. But when we intervene and when we get involved, A, our child hears and knows that they are supported and that we're not gonna let them continue to go into the lion's den like alone. Like that's not gonna happen. I'm not allowing that to happen. And number two, usually when the parent gets involved, it does push the school toward greater action. And so this, we want this program to be a tool for parents. In fact, we've started a program called the Ambassador Program. And we're talking to moms, but dads, you're just as much um, able to come in and be a part of this. But we actually have a group on Facebook that everyone's welcome to join. And we have a portal called, um, you can get to it from through mombassadors.org. And in that portal is every resource and tool that you could need to, to bring this program to your school so that when we show up to our schools, we don't just say, hey, this is happening to my child. Something has to be done. But we say something has to be done. And here's something that you can do. And not only will this help my child, but this will help the school as a whole. And it's a step in the right direction, not, you know, to to be able to help your child and their peers, because if, you're, if our children are experiencing it, you know, many other kids around them are also experiencing the same thing. So I think as parents, the statistics that we're facing today tell us that it's the mental health crisis of this generation is here. It's already arrived. If it wasn't dire pre-COVID, it is dire now. We have to get involved. We have to come with real solutions. We have to make sure that the schools know that we're here, our voices need to be heard, but also, hey, we're here to help. What can we do? How can we facilitate a program like this? Can we fundraise? Can we get other parents involved? Like, what can we do to make sure our students have that support? Because I'd say the greatest thing I've learned is that the mental health of students today is the future mental health of our society tomorrow. So if we don't pay attention now, that's what's coming. It's what's ahead because youth are our future. They're everything. And we need to make sure they're getting our best as adults and making sure that we're protecting them, we're bringing them resources, we're pouring into them and that we're protecting them and making sure they know that we have their back 100%. Wow. Ah, oh, that is so amazing. Um, it just goes back to say, like, a lot of within this sphere, I feel like youth just have to practice this idea yeah. of, like, saying what your son did. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's it's not about me. It's not about me. And you're waking up and choosing to say that to yourself every single day. Yeah. And I love the fact that there was compassion towards the other person. Because, right, I mean, we can go out this world and have all this weight on our shoulders and say that, you know, maybe this was about me or talk about how this might not be about me, but at the same time, I also don't want what's best for this person. Like there's no point in that. Like it's all about showing compassion and love to the people, even if they have hurt us, because we're all going through something. And I think the more that we do practice having that perspective, the easier it will be to like build those bonds, form those relationships, something that will heal more of our generation, um, right? Because we we are here and now, but at the same time, like we're society in the future. We are yes, the, future, are the future and we're caring so much. And so I think just being able to go back, I love that that's one of your like driving points in every conversation that you have with parents. Um, I love what mom ambassadors is doing, yeah. being able to have the resources set in place because a lot of times like, when something happens, 
we don't know what to do. And there's this like freezing moment, but in, if there are resources in place that we're able to take into these schools and say like, something needs to be done, here's some steps. Like, I love that you always have that in the back of your mind. Cause I feel like that's so much of what's missing from a yeah. lot of things that are happening right now is we think about, yeah, let's just like go and do this thing. That'll solve everyone's problem. I'm like, really no I love that you're able to show up and do your thing yes but also like it's important that we do have those resources in place because more action can be taken out of our hands and we're empowering other people to step up in place and have these roles which is what we want if we want a better society for for our kids for youth so I love everything about what you're doing it's incredible and it's a way that we can be proactive because we know this crisis is here you know, and whether we're, whether it's happening to our child right now or not, I would say for moms, if you're listening to this, if your child's doing super well right now, this is still a program we want in our schools because we want our kids to continue to do super well. My greatest hope for students is that they never have to experience these things. I want to be out in front of it, not behind it. Because once, like you said, you're still carrying those stories. They're still fresh in your mind. And unfortunately, even as you've done the work you've needed to do and as you've progressed and have you grown, we can't quite erase that. That is still there and you're using it for, in all the right ways. Like you're, you're empowering those experiences to serve and help others. But what if, what if our kids didn't have to have so many of these experiences? What if we could get ahead of it? What if we could change culture? What if moms, we were the ones who helped make that happen for our kids, not just in our own homes, but in the place that we probably feel the most helpless about every day, like when, when you wave goodbye to that school bus, that is a helpless feeling sometimes. So it's very exciting, I think, to be able to provide something for parents because, man, I know what that feels like. I know it's a hard, hard feeling, but we can do something. We are not powerless. Um, and, and I love it. We're two women sitting here, too. And I love as women that we get to do something and we were trusted with the care of these little ones. And, um, and it's so important as they grow and become teenagers and begin to emerge into their adulthood that they know that they have, that we have their back in every way, in every area. Mm, that's so good. That is so good. So you're the third author and that I've had on the project talk about the musical imprint and that's been a part of the musical imprint. So for those who might be listening in for the first time, my connection with Rebecca is through the musical imprint, and we've both written chapters in the book, which talks about the power of music in our lives, specifically how one song has made a lasting imprint in our lives. And I want to know which song you chose for your chapter and the story behind it. Yes, well, this is so interesting because Melissa gave me permission to actually feature the story of Speak Life and to feature the story of the five songs from our musical and how we've seen those five songs imprint on the hearts of thousands upon thousands of students. Mm -hmm. And so a really cool thing is that in those lesson plans that go along with the musical is something that we coined lyrics for life. And the students get to take the lyrics, they'll be printed out for them, and they get to go line by line through those lyrics and they get to talk back to us about what do those lyrics mean to you? How do those lyrics apply to your life and how do they impact your life? And so when we were working with Melissa and writing this, again, we had been these characters, we'd written them and created them, but they'd sort of become my best friends. Like I didn't really realize like how connected I was to them. 
And so when we sat together, she would, she would, we'd give her the concept, we'd give her our inspirational song that we had used formally for the character and we would let her go. We give her the genre and she wrote, and then she'd come back and you know, the most nerve wracking day I'm sure in the world for her, she'd play us the song and we would sit and we would listen. And then we would go line by line by line by line. And I would be able to say, I feel like she feels this. And I feel like I want students to know this. And I feel like girls need to hear this because there's one character in there and it's all about her identity, how she sees herself and how she doesn't let the words of others define who she is and who she's becoming. And as we wrote this, I mean, there were just moments where tears would stream down our, we'd be on Zoom calls like this and stream down our face um, as we went through lyric by lyric, line by line, because we knew that these songs, every lyric mattered, every word spoken mattered, because if we could get that little sentence or that little rhyme perfect, that would imprint on the heart of a student in a way that could actually transform or change the outcome of their life. Because I hope one day somebody will sit and say, it was one of these five songs that was the imprint on my heart that changed how I saw myself or how I saw somebody else or how I began treating somebody else or how I saw inside their heart or their spirit. And so, um, yeah. I am, I'm excited to see how these songs will imprint. But what I have seen is we've actually used multiple songs in the musical leading up to this moment. And the feedback and the talk back from students, as much as I know the, the power of the, the stage and the actors and the moments in the, in the story were equal, none of that on a stage would have impacted without that music. Like that music was, that's when, that is when literally the students went quiet, like pin drop quiet when the music would begin, because that is just the power that music has. And those kids were drawn into the story and just glued to it because of the power of that music and the power of the lyric. So I'm so honored to be a part of this project because there's nothing I believe in more and I think, and this is something that Jen, who's, the, uh, who's our other co-producer on the book, she is a neuropsychologist. And when her and I got to talk for the first time, one of the things she said to me, she said, Rebecca, if educators and artists got together, she said, the power of what could emerge in a child's life is profound. Mm -hmm. And I believe that because I've seen it in front of my eyes, that when you take the facts, the things teachers are saying to students every day, the things parents are saying, we all say, speak life, your words matter, your words have power. We've been saying it since they were in elementary school. The only difference is we've now paired it with music and story. And so now it went from head knowledge to heart knowledge and it's imprinted on the brain and it's imprinted on the heart. And now it becomes life-changing because it's not just knowledge, it's when knowledge becomes action that we see real change happen. And that's the power of music. Oh, yes, I, that's a great note to end this conversation on. Um, it all just like ties back full circle, the importance of art in people's lives. And I love what you said with educators and artists coming together. I'm seeing that now um, with being in schools for the first time um, ever starting May of 2022, which was, it's been crazy. It, it's weird that it's 2022 already. It doesn't feel that way at yeah. all. Um, but it's been one of the most 
impactful things to come in and be able to talk with teachers and we partner with different mental health resources here um, organizations here to use their resources when we go in because as be the change we like to highlight what other people are doing in the community and so one really cool thing is that we collaborate with those mental health organizations and also the teachers when we go in and do assemblies or just talk to students whether it's small in their art schools or other things like that like that's something I'm so incredibly passionate about is being able to say like it's all about collaboration. That's how we make a difference. And if we can come along each other and support one another in what we're doing, like change will be able to occur. And it's just really cool that you get to work and meet so many people who have that same similar heart and posture for our youth um, because it's so incredibly important. And it's nice to know that you're not the only ones doing the work, but there are a league of people behind you that are ready to to tear horrible systems down, but then also right. do a lot of rebuilding, like a lot of rebuilding. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, you're very inspiring and encouraging for me. So thank you. And you too, because you're doing it at a time, like you're doing it when I started doing it at that same age. Like it's unbelievable to imagine what's ahead of you, how many kids you're gonna impact and change. And you know what, if you're out there and you're listening and your heart is similar to our hearts, I would say go do the thing because the world needs all of it, like all of it. Our kids need all of us to get involved. And so if you are an artist and you have something you want to impact the world with and you want to create change through your art, go do it because what's been put in you is in no one else and the world needs you. Yes, I love that so much. And how can people follow along and learn more about what's to come with um, Speak Life and Bullying? Yes, um, absolutely. Please follow us on Instagram at Speak Life the Musical. Um, we would love to um, have you follow along there. If you are a mom, we hope you can also get us on Facebook at the same place, Speak Life the Musical. If you're a mom, join our Facebook group, Ambassadors Speak Life and Bullying. Um, we'd love to have you as a part of that group. We will have lots of resources coming for the home, um, for community organizations. There's so much more to come. So moms get in there, plug in and get involved. And then you can look up and read more about us at speaklifethemusical.org. And there's lots of links and things you can kind of follow there to find out about how you could bring this program to your school. Um, and if you are a mom, I would like to say this, Bullying and Violence Prevention Month is October. And so we have a huge push toward that month to see our program in as many schools as possible. And so because of that, moms, your time is valuable, your connections are valuable. And so we would love to gift you $250 as our thank you to you if you're able to help get our program into your school. So that is just our thank you for your time, our thank you for your effort and your energy to serve your students in your area. So please feel free to reach out. We wanna work alongside you to bring change to your community and to your school. Yes, definitely go follow along. I love everything that you're doing, Rebecca. And yeah, this has been such a good conversation. And I cannot wait to collaborate, hopefully, some way yes, in we're the going future. To. Yes, we're would going love to. that. Would love that. And for those that are listening, we will see you all next time on the Wonder Podcast.